Um, I have Adam Schefter from ESPN on the line. He heard a rumor. Oh, great. Tell Schefter to stick his rumor up. His Sunny. Good morning, Adam. Matt Smith in for Mike Evans with Stink. How you doing this morning, buddy? Matt, Stink, nice to be with you. And always laugh at that thing. Never fails. Never fails. You can hear it every week, and I, I still get a kick out of it every time. Thank you. It's, so, it's always fun. Hey, uh, any surprise uh, during the uh, trade deadline? Uh, what, what was, for me, the perceived lack of, I guess, the lack of draft capital given up for some really outstanding players? Well, are you talking about Chase Youngstink? Are you talking about who you're speaking yeah, about? Because like, I think every case is different and has a little bit of a different explanation. I think you know you, you, you're making a generalization there on a on a you know just a big picture. Yeah, but every every case is different. Who, who, are you, who, who are you surprised? Well, by? like I was I was surprised that uh, like Montez Sweat I think is a really good player for a second rounder. Then you got a guy like uh, 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 Kevin Byard. Kevin Byard for, you know, a, a swapping a player that uh, Philadelphia didn't want and a fifth and sixth rounder. Like, like it just it just felt like teams were really, really not willing to give up a ton of value for guys. It just felt that way. Well, again, I think in the case of Byard, he's a 30-year-old guy who wants a new deal, and Tennessee wasn't going there. And they had some disagreements and issues, and so the easiest way for Tennessee to resolve it, yeah, at the risk of sounding cold, was just move on. And that's what they did. And I also agree there. I, I thought the return was a little light. Like, after Philadelphia, had a really good player for a fifth and a sixth and a player. Um, but it is still two picks. Those picks have value. And so that's the case there. Montez Sweat, uh, see, like Seattle gave up a two and a five mm. for Leonard Williams, who's an older guy who's on an expiring contract. Now, the Giants paid down close to $10 million dollars which is part of the reason I think Seattle gave up a two and a five. But I thought, well, that's a lot for a guy who's, you know, in the last few couple months of his deal. Like, that's a lot. And then Chase Young just goes for a three. But Chase Young also in the last year of his deal. And there were some medical questions about him. So that was the explanation there. And that's why Chase Young went for less than Montez Sway. You'd think, well, Chase Young, former second overall pick, um, tremendous talent, why would he not go for more than Sway? Well, I think that teams had questions about his medicals and, and they didn't with Sweat and both players are on an expiring deal and that, that helps explain why Sweat went for a two and Chase for a three. Our, our ESPN NFL insider Adam Schefter joins us courtesy of Twin Peaks Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views. Adam, there were a lot of folks around here who anticipated the Broncos possibly having some sort of fire sale, but the Broncos mm -hmm. decided to stand pat. Do you believe that uh, they were ever close on moving on from anybody? Well, they didn't move on from Randy Gregory. Right, <laughs> they right, didn't move on right. from Frank Clark. Very good point, yeah. But they never came close to trading one of the other players that had been talked about. Were there discussions? Yes. Were there active discussions? Yes, there were. Did anybody come close? No. Mm. You know, I think of all the players, uh, the one that was probably, you know, generating the most interest, Jerry Judy got calls from a few different teams. Um, but Denver wasn't going to give him up unless he got back, you know, a, a, a significant return. And the Broncos never felt like what they were getting back was worth giving up Jerry. And so they held on to him. Never came close on Sertan. Never came close. And they weren't. 
Like they, you know, they think he's the best player on the team. So to trade him, it would have taken Jalen Ramsey package, which Jacksonville got two hundred and four back in the day. It would have taken two hundred and four and then some, you know, to get him out, which no team was going to do. Teams called, teams checked, but no team came close to doing that. Uh, never heard much about Josie Jewell. Denver did get calls about Lloyd Cushenberry. Um, Cortland Sutton got some inquiries. That's, that's Justin Simmons got some inquiries. But no, nothing, nothing came close. Adam, do you know what the, uh, what the potential offer was, the draft compensation for uh, a Jerry Judy? Do you know what it was? I believe they got offered a uh, three and a five. Wow. Okay. And that wasn't enough. Not for Denver, no. Huh. Go figure. <laughs> Go yeah. figure. I would not have guessed that, Adam, so that's very interesting. All right, so I, will you take us through the last week or so in Raiders land that culminated with Josh McDaniels getting relieved? Well, you know, the, the funny thing is that I should text. Somebody texted me last week. They're like, if Josh doesn't win on Monday night, he's going to get fired. And I'm like, come on. And they're like, I'm telling you, watch, you'll see. Now, I really, I, I, I didn't buy it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, I think he had lost a lot of support with the players. And Mark Davis was frustrated. There was a, an instance on Monday Night Football a few weeks ago, Packers-Raiders. Uh, the Raiders made a certain play call. And, and it was on social media where Mark Davis was screaming. I was like, whoa. Like, that's an angry guy. And you kept hearing how unhappy he was. You know, uh, with Josh and Dave Ziegler, the general manager. And then I think after the loss, he went to certain players and asked their opinion. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if that's regular, but, like, I'm sure there are many players, after many tough losses, in many seasons that are not going well, that, that would like to see the coach be gone. Like, think, if you think back when all the teams played, I'm sure there were some seasons that your team struggled and, and was, you know what, I'm sick of this Joe Gibbs guy or I'm sick of Mike Shanahan or I'm sick of whoever you're playing for. Like, I don't care who. And, you know, these guys, I think, didn't have a lot of support for Josh. And I think Mark wanted to go that way, Mark Davis. And he was looking for a reason to do it. And between the loss and what the players were saying, he's like, I'm not going to wait. I, you know, I want my team back. Mm. And that's what he did. Um, fired him the day of the trade deadline, and uh, that was first head coach firing of the year, first GM firing of the year of the season. Um, so it was it was pretty dramatic, considering that Josh McDaniels had a six year contract with you know four and a half years on it left. Yeah, it's uh, it, it it's pretty remarkable, and it's amazing, and then. I mean, you look at Josh McDaniels, and who knows what's going to happen, but um, I could see him going back to New England and, and coaching there, but oh I would have to think it's the last opportunity he's ever going to have to be a head coach of the NFL again. Uh, just is it, It's such a fickle business, and it's so hard to win in this business. And um, I like Josh. You know, I like Josh. It just hasn't worked out for Josh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you bring up New England, and I would say this. Um you know, he still has a house there. It's logical. It's plausible. But here's the thing. I, I think he's been through so much. Like, he's not going to go coach New England this year, right? It's not like, you know, 
the last time he got fired in Denver, he did go back to coach New England, but New England uh, was winning and in a playoff race, and he got to be a part of that. You know, New England doesn't seem like it's going anywhere this year, so he's not going to go rush back, you know, when, when he's been, you know, coaching and uh, all that and, and rush into that situation. And then after the season, who knows what's going to happen in New England? Right? Like, we have no idea. And by the way, he's making money for the next, like I said, next four seasons. So, you know, it's not just a foot, it's a family decision. He's got kids in high school. You know, is he going to want to move again? Are they going to want to have to move? Like, he might just say, you know what, I think there's so, let me just finish with my kids here. And then when they're in college, then maybe I'll go coach again. It's not like he needs the money right now. Yeah. Adam, what is the impression around the league of how Russell Wilson has played this year? We see his numbers. He's clearly been better than he was last year. Yeah. But, you know, what, what, what do people around the league think? Well, I, I think that's it. I think that, you know, it takes some time for him and Sean to grow together and understand what the other is looking for and what plays work best. But, I, you know, I definitely think he's shown improvement. Uh, I think there's still more improvement that can be made. And... You know, he, he played well, uh, but not well enough for them to win right. more games than they have. So everybody needs to be better there. What do you think the organizational temperature on him is? Uh, you know, I, I just think quarterbacks are extensions of records. What's what's their record? Mm. It's not very good. So when a, when a record's not very good, you know, nobody. I don't know if the organization feels great about anybody at that point in time. Yeah, I think that's kind of, uh, I think that's pretty good. Um, I think that's exactly where they are. Hey, Adam, man, all the best, buddy. Have a great weekend. We always appreciate what, you. What game you got this week? I'm, uh, it's interesting. I'm at Atlanta, Minnesota. And, um, Ooh. yeah, interesting with the quarterback situation. Heineke is going to start for Atlanta. Um, no question you watch him walk in at halftime after halftime. Uh, that offense played. Even they ran the ball better. There, there was just a better rhythm to that offense under Heineke than it was Des Ritter. And then, you know, it looks like Jaron Hall is going to be the uh, starting yeah. quarterback, the kid from uh, BYU for Minnesota. Yeah. And, they're playing, and they're playing such good defense right now, Adam. Um, they're really playing pretty good team football. Um, just devastating for the uh, Minnesota Vikings to lose Kirk. Well, you, you know, it's interesting to me to think about that game, and we'll see if it is similar in any way. But the Jets lost Aaron Rodgers and the next week had to play in Dallas and just got blown out. And I just think it was a, a lot emotionally. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see how the Vikings respond. They've been rolling. They've won three in a row. They've played very well. Now you start a rookie quarterback on the road. Um, I, I just think that that's a tough emotional <laughs> assignment right. to rebound from losing your leader and a great player. And Kirk Cousins and have to go one on the road, but we're going to see. All right, last one before we let you go, Adam. What what do you think the rest of the season needs to look like for the Denver Broncos to be deemed a successful season? I don't have to answer that because you know what it is when you see it. Like I don't know how you define that other than your eyes tell you. Like this team's moving in the right direction or it's not. This team's playing better or it's not. This team's winning games or it's not. You know, I, 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 you know, I'm not going to say, well, they have to win X number of games or 
average this number of yards or what you know when you see a team that is playing well and moving in the right direction and when they're not. Last year, they were not. Mm-hmm. And we knew it. And you saw it. And there were changes for it. And it's a hard thing to just answer other than you have to trust your eyes to see it and know it. And, right. we, and we saw it against Kansas City. They looked uh, yeah. you know, they looked like the superior team running into that thing. Right. So it looked right. good. Now, are we going to see more of that? Are we going to see more of that? Are we going to see more of Miami? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fun to watch it all play out. We appreciate your time this morning, Thanks, Adam. Adam. Thanks so much, buddy. Thanks, Have a great weekend. All right. That is our ESPN NFL insider, Adam Schefter. Thanks to Twin Peak Eats, Drinks, Scenic Views.